0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. On today's show, six teams from the SEC make the NCAA tournament. Now, three remain Two of those teams will be in action later today in Alabama and LSU. While Arkansas, they punched their ticket to the Sweet 16. And Florida, what a heartbreaking loss late yesterday. They should have been there. They are not. We will run through the good, the bad, and the ugly for the SEC in March Madness. And a lot of spring football notes as just about every school taking part in spring practice now. And Nick Saban... Already getting irritated with the media, we'll let you hear from him, and we'll recap some takeaways from Mizzou's spring game, as they were the first ones to have their spring game so far in the SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast, You get the latest episodes podcast as soon as it comes out each day. All right, let's jump into it. Let's start with the good with the SEC and the NCAA tournament. We start with three-seeded Arkansas head coach Eric Musselman and company. They messed around and found themselves in a 14-point deficit early on Friday, trailing Colgate. Before they turned on their defense, they were able to beat Colgate in that first round, 85-68. Yesterday, a much tougher opponent they were facing in Texas Tech. And the Razorbacks, they led throughout much of the game in this one. But down the stretch, Texas Tech would make their run. In the final seconds, Arkansas clinging to a 68-66 lead. Texas Tech's Kyler Edwards would miss a layup with just three seconds remaining, and Arkansas would hang on for the win, heading to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 1996, back during the Nolan Richardson glory days. This one, a real team effort. Justin Smith led the way with 20 points and six rebounds, while Moses Moody and Devontae Davis each had 15. Eleven of Moody's 15 came in the second half. The Razorbacks, they made just four three-pointers, but their defense been so good all year they came up big uh, in some big spots down the stretch here was coach musselman after the game
0: we didn't want to give up a three we went to our one through five switching and uh look texas tech is such a tough team and we went pound for pound with them tonight Arkansas is now headed to the Sweet 16 for the first time since Nolan Richardson was coaching in '96, and I have a text message for you from him. Super, super job. You deserve the name Super Coach. (laughs) Thanks, Dana. Congratulations, Coach. Eric Musselman,
1: three-seed Arkansas advances. Yeah, we'll discuss what happens with the Razorbacks moving forward, but congrats to all the Arkansas fans out there. 25 years since they've been this far. Enjoy it. Florida? Well, the Gators, I had them picked to be on upset alert after uh, last Friday in their opening round game against Virginia Tech, but Coach Mike White and his squad, they took the Hokies to overtime where they prevailed 75-70 to and what was Florida's eighth straight NCAA tournament appearance, but... Thought things were getting a little bit easier for the Gators on Sunday evening where they faced Oral Roberts in the round of 32 and the Golden Eagles, they took down two-seeded Ohio State on Friday. Trey Mann, who's been so good for Florida as late, he was solid, scoring 19 points, Colin Castleton at 14, but the Gators could not do anything in the final minutes. Noah Locke hit a jumper with 230 remaining to give the Gators a 78-77 lead. But Florida went scoreless the rest of the way, losing to Oral Roberts 81-78. to Check out this number. Since 2004, uh, their 2004 loss to number 12 seeded Manhattan, the Florida Gators were 15-0 against double-digit seeds during the NCAA tournament. They are now 15-1. and We could have gotten an SEC Sweet 16 matchup had Florida been able to hang on, but instead Arkansas will take on 13 or 15 seeded Oral Roberts. And Florida heads home. Tough loss for the Gators. They were oh so close to punching their ticket, But man, down the stretch of these games, you got to play. Uh, you got to make shots. You got to respond. And Oral Roberts was the aggressor in the final two minutes of that game. Sticking with some of the positives, Alabama. The two seed wasn't pretty the entire game on Saturday, but the Tide pulled away for a 68-55 victory over Rick Patino's Iona squad. Herb Jones led the Tide with 20 points and brought his trademark elite defense, including a steal and a layup in the midst of an 11-0 Bama run with under seven minutes to go. But Iona, they gave Alabama issues throughout this one, forced 14 turnovers for the Tide. They defended the Bama shooters well not giving them any clean looks from three and out-rebounding them 42-26. to Bama was just 5 for 16 from three, but the Tide did shoot 47% from the field. Jaden Shackelford and John Petty each had 10 points, while Javon Quinterly gave them 11 off the bench. Next up for the Tide, they will take on the 10-seed Maryland Terrapins tonight, 645 Central, 745 Eastern on TNT. Alabama coach Nate Oates called Josh Primo a game day decision, so we'll see if he'll be available. But Alabama fighting for their chance later tonight to punch their ticket to the Sweet 16. Another SEC team also in action today. LSU was a really slow start for them on Saturday early on in their game against St. Bonaventure, but LSU pulled out to a 31-22 halftime lead, kept their foot on the gas pedal, and they beat the Bonnie 76 76- 261. Dynamic SEC freshman scorer Cam Thomas led the Tigers with 27 points, and LSU pulled down 39 rebounds. They seemed to capitalize all game on second-chance points and putbacks, made eight three-pointers to just three from St. Bonaventure. Darius Days and Andre Hyatt each had 13 points. Trenton Watford had 11. Coach Will Wade said, we could certainly play better, but I think we played – a lot more physical ever since the Vanderbilt game a few weeks ago for us. It's about getting stops and rebounding. We did a great job of that. By the way, Cam Thomas' 27 points marked the 15th time this season. He has scored 25 or more points. Most notably though, LSU has played their, def- their best defense of the season as of late. See if they can keep that going later today. And it's gonna be a tough challenge coming up for LSU tonight. They will take on one seed Michigan 6:10 Central, 7:10 Eastern on CBS. If the Tigers can find a way to win, they will head to their second straight Sweet 16 appearance under Will Wade. I'm rooting for uh, LSU and Alabama. Would like to see both of them punch their tickets and talk about three SEC teams in the Sweet 16. But we'll see what happens later this evening. And those were just some of the positives happening in uh, first weekend of the NCAA tournament again. Every uh, round one. Or rather, the first weekend concludes with all the games later today. When we return, we'll run through some of the not-so-pretty performances from some of the teams in the SEC. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. They are making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew, a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form. And at a fraction of the cost, The tablets from Blue Chew combat all forms of ED. They can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform, and it is an online prescription service. So no visits to the doctor's office, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It'll ship right to your door in a discreet package. The process is very simple. You sign up right now at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. It is all done online. Their Sibdenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable, made here in the U.S., and they prepare and ship direct, so it is a lot cheaper than a pharmacy. And if you could benefit from some extra uh, confidence when it is time to perform visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety info and we got a special de- uh, deal for our listeners right now you can try bluechew for free when you use our promo code lockedon at checkout all you do is pay the $5 shipping that's bluechew.com promo code lockedon to receive your first month free and we thank bluechew for sponsoring this podcast bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action football we know it's over but we are in the midst of College basketball action. And bet online has got you covered with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. You want to get in on the Alabama game this evening? You want to get in on LSU plus the five-and-a-half underdogs to Michigan? You can do that at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, they got you covered. All the news, the scores, and odds that you need. You want to do the overs? You can do that if you don't like betting the lines or if you feel like one of the dogs and get pretty good value on them straight up you could do that as well. It is the best way to place your bets, and BetOnline is free to sign up. Head to their website, use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. It's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. All right, we spent a good bit of time discussing all the uh, good that happened over the weekend in the SEC. Let's discuss the bad of the SEC and the NCAA tournament. We start with Missouri, who tried all they could, but couldn't do enough to get by eight-seed Oklahoma. Drew Smith, he made two three-pointers in the final minute, but the Sooners fouled the Tigers with a three-point lead and ultimately went on to win this one, 72-68. Drew Smith led the Tigers with 20 points. I said on Friday's show, Jeremiah Tillman would have to have a dominant game. He had a good game, not a spectacular one, with 16 points and 14 rebounds in his final college game as he pulled his jersey over his head as he exited the court. After the game, Tillman said it was really emotional walking off the court because he and his teammates really believed that they were going to win this one. I mentioned Oklahoma was without one of their star players, but Missouri—they were three and six in their final nine games of the SEC, heading into the tournament just not clicking on all cylinders. And in this game, the Tigers shot just 37 percent from the field. It did make 11 of their 27 threes, but double-digit turnovers were killer. The Sooners. Shot 46% from from deep, and this was just Quanzo Martin's second trip to the NCAA tournament since 2017. Mizzou has not won an NCAA game postseason since 2010. So obviously, some uh, work to be done there. Will Quanzo Martin be the guy long-term to get it done at Mizzou? We will see, and also we'll see who will be coming back for. Missouri next year. Some really talented young players, but who's going to stick around? Who's going to head to the next level? We will see. Who else was bad or disappointing over this weekend? How about Tennessee? I thought with all the talent this Vol team had as a five seed, they would have no problem getting past the 12-seeded Oregon State Beavers, but Oregon State didn't get the memo. They came out of the gates firing on all cylinders, jumped out to a 33-19 halftime lead, for beating the Vols 70-56. to Tennessee was ice-cold shooting from three-point land. Shot just five for 26 from deep. Shot just 33% overall. Lacked any kind of flow to the offense. Uh, Half-court sets, a lot of dribbling, jacking up threes. Tennessee got pushed around by the Beavers and their big man Roman Silva, who scored 16 points down low. And Oregon State went on to hit seven threes in the second half. They held off a late charge by Tennessee. You have to wonder what they would have done and what they could have looked like with John Fulkerson in the lineup. He missed the game with that facial fracture and concussion that he suffered from Omar's, uh, Florida's Omar Payne in the SEC tournament, of course. But we closed the book on the vols this season. A team that ranked in the top 10 earlier this year had very high expectations. Remember, they were picked to win the SEC preseason. Coach Rick Barnes after the game said, our biggest problem all year was inconsistency. Not knowing from game to game what we were going to get. That's the most disappointing thing because to be a championship caliber team, you just have to be more consistent. Keon Johnson, he finished the game with 14 points on 6 of 16 shooting, while Jaden Springer had 12 uh, points on 5 of 12 shooting. Very well may be the final college game for both of those guys. Both projected right now to go... In the nba draft lottery so tennessee gonna have to find some new guys some new recruits and start to reload here but like we said very disappointing end of the season for tennessee for a team that just had high hopes missouri had high hopes to be honest as well being ranked for much of the year but both those teams won and done in the ncaa tournament so bracket fallout what does it mean for the team still alive well let's start with Alabama's path which got exponentially easier with the 3 seed Texas losing on Saturday night if Bama is able to beat the 10 seed Maryland this evening they will get the winner of 11 seed UCLA versus 14 seed Abilene Christian in the Sweet 16 that would mean Alabama will be the odds on favorite to at least make it to the Elite 8 Again, it doesn't always happen. Upsets occur. Saw it all weekend. But uh, if they get to the Elite Eight, Bama's possible matchups would be possibly one seed Michigan, who plays LSU later today, or the winner of five seed Colorado versus four seed Florida State. Obviously, LSU is a five-point underdog to Michigan. You can check it out on betonline.ag. But could you imagine if we got to that point, if LSU is able to beat Michigan And both Alabama and LSU advance. Again, we could get that epic SEC championship game we just saw with LSU and Alabama. Could get both those teams again meeting up in the Elite Eight possibly. It's a long shot, but Bama should be there as long as they take care of business. LSU, they would have some work to do. But just one more note, if LSU or Bama got that far, the one seed on the other side in the Midwest, Illinois, they lost on Sunday as well so again, a little bit slightly slightly easier path don't want to say it's guaranteed but you like to see those double digit uh, seeds advancing because probably a little bit easier road for uh, some of these higher ranked uh, SEC teams to advance and then of course Arkansas they advanced past Texas Tech they are in the Sweet 16 taking on the 15 seed Oral Roberts Ironically, these two teams played each other back in December, in non-conference play where Arkansas had a nice second-half rally and they were able to win 87-76. Of course, a lot has changed since that time in December, so we're talking literally over three months later, so we'll see what these two teams look like. But a chance for Arkansas to go deep and possibly a chance for Alabama and LSU. We'll see what they do later on today. And that is your fallout from the bracket so far. When we return, we'll hit on some football notes, spring football. All teams uh, practicing and out on the football field will discuss some of the takeaways from the weekend that was. Look, we've been telling you guys about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar, the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate covered on all of the bars. Now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. They got their bracket going on. It is Built Bar Madness. And today's matchup that you guys can vote on is between coconut versus birthday cake. Now, look, normally I'd be pretty biased here. I like the birthday cake. I'm not a fan of coconut until I tasted one of the Built Bar coconut bars a couple weeks ago. And I was like, literally said the words, I'm not a fan of coconut. But I really like this, so I'm a little torn here. I might lean birthday cake just a little bit, but having tasted the coconut, if they win in advance, I won't be I won't be mad. If you guys want to vote in the matchup, you can go to builtbar.com right now, or head to bar underscore built on Twitter. They'll have the matchups posted there. And remember, if you go to builtbar.com, find something you like, you can use our promo code LOCKED fifteen. You will get fifteen percent off your next order. That's LOCKED L O C K E D one five. To get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar ever. Well, the NFL Draft just a couple of weeks away. It's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft uh, podcast. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast. Can going to be a lot of SEC guys going in the first round. Yet again, nothing new there, but might as well set a record and have the most uh, players from any conference. Once again, drafted in the first round. All right, let's jump into it. we got a lot of football tidbits that we got to get to. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the
0: right. Makes the handoff. And to the ball.
1: What a catch. Around the conference. Missouri wrapped up their spring game with an entertaining black and gold matchup before about 6,000 fans at 4-0 Field on Saturday. Tigers used a controlled environment where they largely stopped action after initial contact, but Coach Eli Drinkwitz said he was pleased overall with the work put in by his team entering his second season leading the program. He said, quote, I thought defensively we came out with really good energy. But Drinkwitz described Saturday's play by his quarterback group as blah. Kind of sums up how most of the spring has been for the largely inexperienced quartet. There were no passing touchdowns in either the red zone or open field scrimmage portions of practice. Jack Samsel threw an interception late in the day during one of his only appearances. But Drinkwood said we didn't execute at a very high level at quarterback. Connor Bazelak made a couple of good throws, but overall he said we can improve. Over at Alabama, Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide hit the field for spring practice on Friday. And speaking with the media... Coach Saban was already in midseason form, as Michael Bratton on Twitter noted. Nick Saban won his seventh national championship 66 days ago, and it took one spring presser for him to get irritated already. Here was Saban asked by a media member about the linebacker competition. Nick, uh, I was going to ask about the Mike linebacker position. Do you see Christian Harris kind of making that shift like Dylan Moses did, or is he more set at the Will linebacker spot?
0: Well, we'll we'll, we'll do both. I mean, he'll he'll play. Some Mike and some Will. Um, he'll play some Mike and some Money and Nickel. You know, we're going to go through the whole spring. I mean, we do things differently in the spring. I know you guys want answers to all the questions. We play right and left safety. We play right and left outside backer. We play right and left inside backer. So they got to be Mike. they got to be Will. I, I mean, so we're, we're trying to create diversity in players, not trying to give you an answer so you can write about who the starter is everywhere. Uh, and, and then we'll figure out, you know, at the end of the spring and next fall when we go into fall camp, okay, this is the best way for us to play. But if we don't experiment and move all these guys around, but then the other good thing about that is, is next year you can get the next best guy in the game because he could play Mike or Will. All right, so um, it's a really good question, but it's not one that's going to have an answer for a long time.
1: Always good when you get Sabin to uh, compliment you and say, really, Really good question. But when he's dropping the ites, and it's only March, got a long way to go. Saban also noted quarterback Bryce Young is already improving off his limited playing time last year as a freshman. He said Bryce already looks more comfortable than he did in the fall, and that's really encouraging. He also said Malachi Moore, John Mechie, and a few others are not really expected to participate in the spring because of previous injuries they had. Also, uh, Saban updated Trace Sanders, the former five-star running back. He said he's actually doing some work, done some individual stuff. He's really making progress. He's not 100%, but he is getting there. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. Over at Florida, Coach Dan Mullen was raving about his quarterback in Emery Jones, saying that he uh, is QB1 right now, ahead of Anthony Richardson for the starting spot. But he said he wants both guys to be starter ready. He described Jones as having consistency within his performance and said at the back end of the spring, Emery Jones had balance in the pocket, throwing the football, and was focused on being more accurate. About the rest of the team, Mullen added he feels good with the running backs, the linebackers, loves his depth. He's not sure about the five best O-linemen or the three guys behind the starters yet. He did note that wide receiver Jamarcus Weston took huge steps and was one of the steals of 2019, but he's not played much. And finally... On Todd Grantham's defensive unit, Mullet said, uh, I thought our defense had a very good spring. A lot of eyes on Todd Grantham and his defense. That was uh, Dan Mullen On Florida's takeaways, over Georgia, their running back, Kenny McIntosh, has apparently suffered a left arm injury, which puts the balance of his spring availability in doubt. DogNation.com reported that he will miss the remainder of spring drills after suffering a dislocated right elbow in Saturday's practice practice McIntosh will not require surgery and it is expected he will be cleared to return to full training activity in about a month McIntosh was the number three running back for Georgia last season with over 250 rushing yards and a touchdown behind Samir White and James Cook over at Auburn they held an open practice inside Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday in front of what was estimated to be about 3,500 fans Coach Brian Harson told reporters after the workout it was a welcome sight for the program. He said, our guys were excited to see the faces in the stands. The open workout came after Auburn's first week of practice under the new coaching staff, and Harson said, some things were good, some things were bad. He added that the first week of practice was solid. He said, we're installing new systems. He said, we're inside really the DNA of it now. But Harson said he may be most impressed by the running backs. He said, Tank Bigsby has done a tremendous job. Sean Shivers has done a tremendous job. I love both of those guys. They are intentional in everything that they do. Over at Arkansas, they welcomed some 2,000 to 3,000 people for their Saturday scrimmage, a workout that Coach Sam Pittman was pleased with as the Razorbacks moved forward in their spring workouts. Traylon Burks and Traylon Smith were among the standouts, and Pittman noted that experience was the main reason for that. He said, quote, Isn't it amazing how guys who have played before play pretty good in the spring? So the one troubling part in terms of pass protection was that Arkansas allowed five to seven sacks, depending on contact, because it wasn't allowed. He said, I thought at least early the sacks we were taking was, were the quarterback's fault. I thought we could have gotten rid of the ball quicker, so that'll be something to keep an eye on for Arkansas. Over at South Carolina, they held the first of their 15 practices this spring on Saturday. They dressed in helmets and shorts in the cooler weather. Head coach Shane Beamer said, first of all, the energy was great. It was awesome being out there, having a chance to get back on the field. And honestly, I was really impressed with the efficiency and the organization of our group. Beamer confirmed the addition of former Gamecock and NFL Pro Bowler Patrick DeMarco to the football staff, who will serve as a football analyst and AD of football relations. Transfer quarterback Jason Brown was not on the practice field because of an illness. Over at Kentucky, Coach Mark Stoops said the installation of their new offense under O.C. Liam Cohen is going great. Wildcats had their first full pad workout on Saturday, and Stoops said he was happy with the efficiency of the offense. He said there were very few drops, more accuracy from the quarterbacks, and completion percentage was extremely high. Both Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen are taking snaps with the new offense, so we'll have a quarterback battle for much of the spring to keep an eye on with the Wildcats few other notes. Former Georgia wide receiver Tyler Simmons returned to Georgia for their pro day last week and took full advantage of the opportunity. He last played at Georgia in 2019, but his return to Athens helped him out as his agent shared that the Pittsburgh Steelers signed him after the GM observed his pro day workout last week. So, good luck to Tyler Simmons. Basketball side of things, Terrence Clark, his Kentucky career has come to an end. The freshman guard announced Friday he has declared for the 2021 NBA draft. He was sidelined for conference play by a right leg injury, but did manage to return for the SEC tournament playing nine minutes against Mississippi State. And his limited appearances, he averaged close to 10 points per game on 42% shooting. Baseball, first weekend of SEC play, highly entertaining, but the highlight came Friday night, just a day after Kumar Rocker had 14 strikeouts and a win over South Carolina. Vanderbilt starter Jack Leiter mowed down the Gamecocks for a 16-strikeout no-hitter and a 5-0 win on Saturday. The sophomore pitcher logged his 16th strikeout for the final out of the game. He retired the final 27 batters after walking the first guy of the game. It was Leiter's first career SEC start. He's the son of former big leaguer Al Leiter. And seems like he's going to have just a really fine dandy career starting off SEC play with a... No hitter, but uh, shout out to him and Vanderbilt. And lastly, Alabama softball—they beat Tennessee three to nothing to take the weekend series yesterday, two games to one. Crimson Tide proved to twenty-four and two overall, five and one in the SEC, and that is around the conference. And that is going to do it for us. Appreciate all you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll recap what happens tonight with LSU and Alabama. Can the SEC get three teams in the Sweet Sixteen? Cross our fingers and hope for that. Be nice uh, humble brag for the conference. But uh, congrats again to Arkansas staying alive and advancing. We will talk to you guys tomorrow. More football tidbits and guests throughout the week. Have a great Monday, everybody.